みんなもっとパーティーを楽しもう立ち上がりを踊って会場警備のセキュリティがどういうか知らないけど別に騒いでトラブルを起こそうというんじゃないいよいよクライマックスさて My name is Dion. I am a member of Lightning Licks Vinyl Preservation Society, a collective of vinyl enthusiasts whose mission is to celebrate and examine our often unhealthy, always obsessive, more often than not creepily intimate relationship that we share with the physical media that is vinyl records. And once again, I am across the quilted air hockey table from my dear friend, that is Jay. Hey, I am Jay. I love that I'm a vinyl enthusiast. <laughs> Yeah. Something. Well, I, mean, I have something to identify with. That's cool. You need to have an identity, and I guess that's better than anything else. For good or for ill, that's all I have. Right? <laughs> so we're back. We had uh, our last bonus episode. That was a good time. That was fun. Yeah, we have fun a guest in the studio here. He's just patiently watching us. As we drink beer and listen to music, and right. he's got much to contribute. You may have caught Doug in a previous episode of uh, What Are You Listening To? Like yep. two or three episodes ago. Which is fun. We don't often get a studio audience. He's an audience of one. Rock and roll. And that's okay. You got to start somewhere. Explain to them what the theme is there, Dion. Typically, when we don't have any great ideas, we fall back to the alphabet because we are elementary idiots. And we have already done the letter A and the letter B. So logically, the next letter that we are going to cover is the letter C. Letter C. And if you listen to our podcast, we're pretty much just alternating that now. Right. Yeah, which is fun because yeah. again, the reason that we started doing it initially, like, like I came up with the idea, so let's do A, and it felt lazy. And I'm like, oh god, that's so lazy. And you were like, no, no, no that gives awesome. us a chance to talk about artists and bands that we would not get to talk about otherwise. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're yeah. totally right, it's awesome. So we get to talk about the C's, some of our favorite obscure bands and or artists with the letter C. Do you alphabetize your records? I do, of course, they are, I have to. So it's, have it's so easier for you now. You have like more of a volume of a record collection, so. For me, going through and trying to find a specific artist of a specific letter is really hard because, as you can see in the basement, I know the listeners to Lightning Lakes Radio can't see, but I have just piles of records all about my house. I just leave piles and piles. For you, it's more hunting pack. Yeah, it's more, (laughs) I got to go through all these sacks of records and find some seats. I have too many records to do that. Even though I don't have them on shelves, they are still alphabetized because I am OCD as hell. Okay. Emphasis on the C. I was... (laughs) As we started the C search, for me it was very difficult. Like I was like, oh man, I'm not coming up with C's going through these stacks and stacks of records. And then towards the end of the search, I found a bounty. It's always the C's last thing you're looking for. Especially in my crates that I that used to take out gigging. Yeah. Because I still have those just set aside. Yeah. And it turns out that I've got a ton of C's that I can choose yeah. from. So I was able to come through. I should just note too. I mean, sure, I could talk about The Clash. We could talk yeah. about The Circle Jerks. We could yeah. talk about Cheap Trick. Yep. There's nothing that I can say about any of those bands that hasn't already been said. So right. as always, we're kind of digging a little bit deeper. While none of these deeper. are completely obscure. Nope. But to a lot of people, maybe they have not heard these bands before. So that's kind of what we're shooting for is yeah. like 
spotlighting some other bands or artists that people might not have heard of previously. Yeah, a little bit out on the fringes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, so you ready to get down? I kind of am ready to get down with the letter C. Are you ready to get down with the letter C? Yeah, I think this episode is going to be brought to you by the number 33 and a third and the letter C. And the letter C, let it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I can write a song from anything. Ooh. Give me a name, any name, it doesn't matter. Uh, Roy. Roy? What hell kind of name is Roy? <laughs> Just forget, I'll use your name. Give me a C, a bouncy C. <laughs> C. Hello there. And me once again to surprise you with another letter of the day. Da 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 da! That letter day fanfare. Okay, and today, letter that day is letter C. Yeah, letter C is not my favorite word. You know that word? Okay. Oh, me so hungry. We got to eat. We got to eat. I guess I'll just go first because wow. we always bicker about who was going to go first and then I make you do it. So as I always do, I'm going to go with the first band or artist that popped into my head when we came upon the theme that we were going to do. Sure. And it is a band out of England called the Carpets. The Carpets. C-A-R-P, like the fish, E-T-T-E-S. And it's so like fir- female carps. Exactly. But it's a trio and they're all male. Okay. So there are no females in the band. So it's a band that I discovered, and I know we've talked about this in previous episodes too. When you're young and you're a kid and you got a part time job at a fast food place right. and you're a music junkie, yep. you go into the record store and cutouts are your friends. Right, because those are the discount. They're a dollar ninety nine, they're two ninety nine, and that lets you try to buy records that you can afford them. Yeah. And you take a shot and hopefully you'll come up with something good. This is one of those bands. The band is called the Carpets. Their first record is called Frustration Paradise. And I think I bought this at Camelot for either a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine. What a steal. Yeah, and I bought it basically because it was on Beggar's Banquet, so I knew that it was going to be the real deal. It was an obsession of mine in high school. I played it unendlessly, and I have to say that this is the record that blew up my very first stereo speakers. It blew them up? Because I played it so loud, and I played it so often that I actually blew up the speakers. They're a cool trio. They did like two records. Frustration Paradise was the first record. That's the record that I'm talking about. That came out in 79. They did a record called Fight Amongst Yourself that came out in 1980. They got back together and they did something in like 1996. And for a while, I was actually kind of corresponding with the bass player, George Madison. Like for you a little made bit. friends? I don't know how I contacted him, but we actually emailed back and forth a little bit. Okay. And he was telling me about the reunion and stuff too. And I just randomly like email random artists and musicians. But yeah, they did two records, they reunited, and then they just kind of disappeared. Right. Frustration Paradise came out in 79. It's cool post punk. Yeah. Rock and roll. 
And it was produced by Bob Sargent, who went on to produce like the English Beat, The Fall, Haircut 100, The Wooden Tops, okay. The Damned. Yeah. And it's typical of that time. I mean, they're not breaking any ground. It's this trio of rock and roll musicians. They're playing post-punk. And of course, like every punk band at the time in England, they're also dabbled in reggae too. So there's a little bit of a reggae feel to some of the songs. Okay. But it's Percussion-wise or like no, generally? Just, but like just the, but the guitar, yeah, yeah, the guitar, bass, the rhythm section. It's a very Clash-ish okay. kind of reggae that they do. They're a great band and a lot of people don't really know who they are and they're worth yeah, searching no out. And you could probably get that shit on Discogs and mm-hmm. eBay pretty cheaply. Yeah. Carpets, the record is called Frustration Paradise. The song that I'm going to use for the uh, mix that we're going to produce the at the end of the yeah, episode. It's called I Don't Mean It. Okay. Yeah. I do also do want to say that they originated from a city called, and I love the name of this, Houghton Les Spring. Ooh, I want to live in Houghton Les Spring. I do too. And it's in Tyne and Ware County. What? Tyne and Ware County. I love the British. What like, a beautiful place. I love the place. counties and the cities that they have. Too. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. It's absolutely it's nothing to do with anything. Apropos <laughs> of nothing, I just wanted you to know they're there from Houghton Les Spring, England, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So yeah, Carpets, Frustration Paradise. I don't mean it. All right. C. What C. do you got? What do you got? D <laughs> for C. C is for come. C-O-M-E, what? come. Yeah, what? C is for come. This is an alt-rock Grunge kind of, uh, post no wave maybe, blues noir, I don't fucking know, dude. Boston, Massachusetts, four-piece rock band, active in the 90s. Um, a lot of times in Lightning Licks Radio, as we're digging deep, we can talk about bands that could be considered your favorite band's favorite band, right? So legendary acts like Amy Davis uh, of the Indigo Girls, you know, Jay Mastic, Bob Mould, Kurt Cobain, Thurston Moore, and others have all sung the praises of this band and more specifically the guitarist, vocalist, Thalia Zedek, who is the shit. And back in the day, Chris Brokaw was kind of considered like an indie guitar god too in almost the same way that Mascus was. Yeah, fucking uh, vocally. Uh, there's really nothing to write home about about her, but lyrically, she can paint a picture, albeit, you know, kind of cryptically, but uh, she's a growler. She gets into the tracks, and it's just really rad. They caught my attention due to their debut full-length album, which is entitled 1111, like as you would see it on a clock if yeah. it was 1111, uh, on Matador Records in 1992, and I caught the 20-year like re-release. Celebration had a bunch of bonus stuff extended liner notes things of that nature so it's a cool packaged record this is a band that i missed obviously i was a little young at the time it's probably 13 or 14 when this album came out but uh you know later on in life decided to give it a listen and i fell in love man this shit to me sounds 90s is all get out it's amazing we were talking about that as we were listening to it too there's something about that drum sound like and all that Matador stuff, the Jesus Lizard, like there's oh, yeah. a certain drum sound. The drummer on this is just ferociously great. Yeah, like, it's all about that snare, that gated snare, that yeah. big pop they get. Yeah. This is heavier shit. It's a little less palatable than their peers, perhaps, but it's still awesome. And there's two guitarists, right? Uh, the gentleman that you mentioned, Chris, Chris Brokaw, yes. and actual Thalia, she plays a guitar as well. And they're always like stabbing at each other. Yeah. So it's never like they are cooperative in these riffs. They're always doing something a little different, but coming together at points, it's fucking awesome. And in headphones, you can tell that they're panned either left or right, and it's just a really cool aesthetic to hear these guitar players like battling it out in every song. It's just a fucking great record, and I'm I'm hoping to expose some people to the wonders that has come, and hopefully they'll come around. C-O-M-E come. Yeah, C-O-M-E come. Right. What else would it be, sicko? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But it does sound like the 90s, and if you are into a band like the Jesus Lizard, or like a Drive Like Jehu, or even an At The Drive-In, 
or a Sonic youth, then you'll likely love cum. So yeah. you should check them out. There's definitely a certain Sonic aesthetic about them that's very like recognizable, but not in a bad way at all. No, not at all. So the song for the mix that I'm going to pick, and you're going to have to put these tracks together at the end of the episode, I'm going to go with a track called Dead Molly. It's a song that I feel represents the band pretty accurately. Sounds like the rest of the album. Kind of sounds like the rest of their material that they put out. I think they had four proper LPs, one live album in their history. Critically successful, never really commercially successful. Toured with Nirvana, Dinosaur Jr., Sonic Youth etc etc i mean they're just sort of the critics darlings they were I say they were definitely critics darlings the of band's the band darlings for sure yeah Absolutely. but i think they should get their due you know yeah they're a great and, band and i somehow like even in college radio which i was in at the time i'm sure at some point i played them but yeah. they, as far as like delving into them they completely escaped me somehow but listening to it tonight too like i'm like how, how did i like not listen to this stuff like how did i miss this it's gonna be fun to hear where you put them in the mix jay can you Tell me, C is for... C is for Valerie Carter. Valerie Carter. Valerie Carter. Come with it. I picked up this record. Basically, it was a a $2 record. I'm looking at the record cover right here. It's a $2 sticker on it. I picked it up because the woman on the cover is a complete model babe. She's a completely beautiful, like, how do I not buy this? You must. And I look at the back of it. And she does a cover of Ooh Child, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. But you look at the back of it, and the people that she has playing on it with her, and this was the intriguing part, you got Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fire, Lowell George from Little Feet, Linda Ronstadt, Jackson Brown, Denise Williams. Come on. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, she had, like, cream to cream. It's a fucking who's who, obsession musicians. So, like, I'm like, I have to buy this. And it's very, very cool. It's very... It's kind of folky. There's some sly funk. It's kind of spare. There's a bit, It's a kind of a light rock, soft rock. I hate the term yacht rock. We've talked about this before. Right. But it has kind of like an R&B groove to it, but it also has like a very like soft rock 70s kind of feel to it. Again, another one. She only recorded two, like, well, she recorded a record in 77, which is Just a Stone's Throw Away, which is the record that I'm talking about picking up. That's and awesome. I found her second record later that was released in 1978. And uh, she did do something like in 96. Like, I feel like a lot really? of those people, like Mary Weiss from like the Shangalas, yeah. there was a lot of those female singers that were trying to make a comeback. And she made this record that had Maurice White and Lowell George. Well, Lowell George would have been passed away at the time, but Linda yeah. Ronstadt and all those the guys were on that record. Lowell, he played. <laughs> yeah, he showed up at the studio. <laughs> like, recently, she passed away in. She just recently passed away, like in 2017. But also, before she started recording, she was a backup vocalist too, like a lot of those singers are. Yeah. And she did backup vocals for Ronstadt and Don Henley and Christopher Cross and Little Feet and Jackson Brown and the Outlaws and James Taylor. And she toured with a lot of those guys the few times that she was able to tour. She toured with them. So, yeah, if you can find those two records, they're just nice 70s light rock, kind of jazzy, kind of folky. The song that I'm going to pick is her cover of Ooh Child, which she does in her own completely like different way. It's not note for note. Like I've heard many covers of that song which they just kind of do it note for note she just does her own thing with it she's got a phenomenal voice and she looks like an angel yeah why wouldn't I mean this is a total package I love her so yeah if you're not familiar (laughs) with Valerie Carter you should definitely most certainly check her out if that's your bag it should be everybody's bag it should be everybody's bag alright so we're from Valerie Carter uh, C is for Samande. Ah, Samande. I know, it sounds pretty exotic, doesn't it? Samande. It, it kind of is, though, a little bit. Yeah. It means dove in Calypso or some bullshit. But anyway, this is a British funk, soul, reggae, American psych and jazz band who put out most of their work in the early to mid-70s. 
The group is funky as funk, and they're just super cool. Any record that you find by these cats is definitely worth a listen. Uh, it's solid across their entire catalog, in my opinion. Like much of the older funky stuff that I find myself eventually getting into, this group came to my attention as a sample source for the hip-hop groups that I am more easily like attracted to, right? So we have the Fuji sample in them. EPMD sampled them, Wu-Tang, Master Ace, unsurprisingly, De La Soul, of course. Ring the Bell. Can we can we get through one episode without talking about De La Soul I don't ever, think we do can. you think? Okay. <laughs> Dan the Automator, 8-Ball and MG, they would lift the get-downs, the breaks, and the hooks from Samandi's catalog. Most notably for me, MF Doom lifted some Samandi shit for his Metal Fingers project, and that was instrumental beats, and they were done completely by MF Doom. He's got this fire cut, and it's called Cedar, which utilizes a song, Brother on the slide from Samande's third album, which is called Promised Heights. So that is the track that I want to throw on the mix. This is just a funky groove, man. And what MF Doom was able to do with it was to keep it true, right? Yeah. But still have that bop, you know, that yeah. hip-hop bop. And you can tell even without hearing MF Doom's version of this cut, this cut is funky. This cut is kind of hip-hop. It's fucking awesome. And that's why I never really understood, like, when um, bands and whatever, they would get their underwear in a bunch about being sampled when the fact is it was turning people on to yeah. hip-hop kids to all these bands that they might not know of like how many bands have you run out and bought because uh, of a sample that Dela used or whatever whoever used and and i never understood this like they opened up exposed all these bands that never probably would have ever been yeah. known they would not have been known by anybody except that they were sampled and people were digging for these records yeah like, yeah i love that there is no way and that if, i am the only one out there that is buying all this shit i mean and like you're not. i've done it too yeah, a sizable have. portion of my hoard is because i heard these sample sources on hip-hop and that's records. why i've never understood people poo-pooing on samples when it just exposes these kids who have never heard this stuff to music that they would have never heard otherwise yeah you heard it here first don't poo poo on samples don't poo poo the samples oh it's a terrible <laughs> idea it's a bad idea <laughs> so that Stop is it. <laughs> that is the awesome british funk band samande with their song brothers on the slide jade you got another c for me of course i do it's a R&B vocal group called The Choice Four. The Choice Four. I've never heard of them. Could you please explain? I had also not heard of them. I came across the record that I'm talking about, I believe, is the second record that came out in 1975. They were a vocal group. I just have to say out of the gate that 70s soul is probably one of my favorite genres ever. Might as well. Stylistic, spinners, stuff like that. I love all of that shit with all of my heart. I love it. And this band is of that ilk. They were from Washington, D.C., um, they recorded Washington DC. They recorded with RCA. They did three records through 74, 76. They released a record every year 74, mm-hmm. 75, 76. And if you like the Philly Soul thing, if you like those kinds of bands, if you like that feel, this is a band that I think that you will totally absolutely love. There's not a lot about them. Like I tried to find some stuff on them on the internet to kind of research them. There isn't a lot about them other than the fact that they're from Washington DC. Right. As a side note, the one thing that is interesting about them, that was, I mean, the music is good, but the guy who produced it and played on it is a gentleman named Van McCoy. Van McCoy. And he produced stuff like Last Night in the Pips, The Stylistics, okay. Aretha Franklin, David Ruffin. But his biggest claim to fame, 
he's the guy that wrote and performed the one-hit wonder of The Hustle. Oh, no shit. The fucking hustle. Which sounds like Tom's Diner when I sing it. And that's how they but he but he worked with this band and they did like three records and they kind of disappeared. But if that's something that you are like really into, if that's a sound that you'd like, the choice four records are all worth picking up if you see them in the bins anywhere. So the song that I'm gonna use is a song from the self-titled second record, and it's called Angels Don't Fly Away. Angels Don't Fly Away. And it's just this just beautiful Philly soul ballad. And it's amazing. I can attest to that. It sounds so smooth. And like you said, that Philly soul, I mean, it's undeniable. It's fucking sweet. Yeah, and they never really had any hits. They had a few releases that were like the lower rung of the top 100, but they never really just broke big ever. No, it's it's a shame. Yeah, but definitely if you see their stuff in the bins, pick it up. The Choice 4. The Choice 4. The Choice 4. Hence the C, Choice. Awesome. I get it. I get it. That that checks out. It does check out. Okay. All right, D, we got C is for Cox. And I mean Kenny Cox. Kenny Cox with his album. Why is everything that you say dirty today? You talk about calm and cox. Why are your ears and, and your brain on. so dirty? I don't know. Right? I don't know. Why is your underwear wet? I, I hate myself. Because <laughs> I'm 57 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Cox is a Detroit jazz pianist. He's most active. He's a uh, penis? What? He's a pianist. <laughs> God damn it, Jay. This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Uh, you're embarrassing us in front of our friend Doug. I know. I'm embarrassing myself in front of myself. <laughs> Anyway, please continue. Kenny Cox, a Detroit jazz piano player, most active in the 60s and 70s. I first heard of this guy's music with you. You and I were in Electric Kitch. Electric Electric Kitch? Yes. Our record store of choice in beautiful Bay City, Michigan. Beautiful Bay City, Michigan. And I had picked this record out of the new arrivals. I feel like Jordan understands me enough to know that I was going to take it. Just based on the cover alone, based on the label, Strata Records, I was going to pick up this record. It didn't matter. He's uncanny. He knows his customers, period. (laughs) He saw you coming with this one. Yeah, when I brought my stack to the counter, he, before he checked us out, because we like to talk a lot, it was early on in the day and customers were coming in. It was just a good, you know, we had a good chat going on. He puts on his copy of the same exact record and plays us both the song, sort of like a sneak peek. Before I even swiped the credit card, I was getting like what this record was going to sound like and it is amazing so i first heard it with you at electric kitsch now i did know that kenny cox he was the owner and the operator of strata records and i am familiar with strata records because i own another record from that catalog in my collection it's a lyman woodward organization's awesome record saturday night it's very collectible yeah that's a mouthful but thankfully it has been re-released by this dude, DJ Amir, and DJ Amir like acquired all the rights to Stata Records, and he's been re-releasing all of their material, but not just the records that they put out commercially in Detroit, which is where they were based. He's also putting out all the B-sides and the shelved albums, like their whole entire catalog, and there's such a wealth of wonderful stuff in that catalog that it just keeps coming, and this record Kenny Cox's Clap Clap, The Joyful Noise is one of those albums that was shelved that is now finally seeing the light of day, and now I own it, and now I love it, and I want to share it with everybody out there in Podcast America. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, and I'm not a big jazz guy, I'd no. say, but that's the kind of jazz I love. It's that electric piano, that like jazz 
soul thing. You know, yeah. I always refer to like to the taxi theme, like said Bob James did the taxi. Yeah. Theme. It just has that cool, smooth thing, and I really like everything about that. There's like these. Is there strings on that? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's very, very. It's like lush and it's very cool. Yeah, it's a great record. Now I also do love Kenny Cox's other like earlier albums. They were released on Blue Note. I picked those up. That was an easy sale for Jordan. Yeah, but fish um, meat barrel. Yeah, <laughs> meat shotgun. That's more avant-garde stuff. Okay, that's yeah. more classic piano jazz. Yeah. All right, but yeah. this soulful jazz yeah. that we're gonna hear that I'm gonna put on the mix, man, it's just wonderful. Great it's vibe. totally up my alley and I think it's rather palatable for everybody this is a track that I'm going to put on it's going to be the one called Last My Love and it's a song that you could literally if you were a rapper you could rap to this track yeah. I mean that's how smooth or this is or you can make babies to it you can do if whatever you want to that's how smooth it. it is you could cook muffins to it sure if that was something you wanted to do yeah sure you could garden to it <laughs> it's a soundtrack for a lot of stuff <laughs> But it's smooth as shit, though. It's a, it's a super great What's song. What's interesting about this cut in particular is it's a four-and-a-half-minute tune, and it's the only song on side C of this collection. So played at 33 and a third, it's on 180-gram slab. Yeah. This shit, it's like, again, we don't know because our ears are all fucked up because we listen to too much rock and roll in our day. It may be all in our head, but it feels like because it's just this one song and it's cut on this full side of vinyl, played at 33 it feels like it's fuller yeah. it feels like all of this stuff got in there the low end is just awesome this is an amazing cut so again that is Kenny Cox with his song Lost My Love off of the record Clap Clap The Joyful Noise I love it it's jazz it's spectacular yeah it's a badass track for sure yeah so. absolutely it is there's that, Jay. We're still going on C's. What do you got for me? This one is probably the most well-known and recognized of the C's that I'm going to talk about today. Okay. And I'm going to talk about a band out of Britain also called Cabaret Voltaire. They got together in the early 70s. They were kind of like the blueprint. I mean, people talk about Kraftwerk and stuff, too. And yeah. I, and, that, and that that is for sure. But there are bands like Cabaret Voltaire and Throbbing Gristle that were doing all this like experimental electronic stuff in okay. the early seventies. Like, and they were, and I didn't know this until I researched it. Cabaret Voltaire actually opened up shows for Joy Division. You're kidding me. Which I did not know. Like know. how? Like I mean, that existed back they, then. They, well, they were all music. that whole that whole Factory Records, that whole Manchester thing, and they were around for all of that stuff. But I guess their earlier shows were more experimental, and even the they were signed to Rough Trade early on. And a lot of that stuff was like super experimental. And then they were signed to some bizarre slash Virgin Records. And that again, that was more experimental electronic stuff too. It wasn't more like the dance stuff. And it wasn't until they got signed to EMI that they started doing more of like the... They are definitely the forerunners of what's considered industrial music. Bands like Skinny Puppy and Ministry... Yeah. Uh, a lot Nails. of those bands, Nine Inch Nails, all they influenced Depeche Mode. They influenced a ton of bands that a lot of bands probably wouldn't exist in, in the form that they are if it was not for Cabaret Voltaire. Right. And it was cool. The, the first record that they did with EMI was a record called Code, which is the record that I want to talk about, which is the record that the song for the mixtape is coming from. And that was produced by Adrian Sherwood, who did remixes for Cold Cut and Depeche Mode and Primal Scream and Pop Will Eat Itself and oh Skinny Puppy and Astros and Neubotten. It's the real deal. Like when you hear this stuff too, you'll hear the like the influences that they had on bands much, much later. And they kind of came up like Nitzer Ebb and all those bands that took a lot. From when did Cabaret that record Voltaire. come out? 
This record itself came out in 1987. Okay. And at that point, I was already kind of like listening to ministry and stuff too. But they had been around for years and years and years. Yeah. But this form that they were doing, this like more techno dance stuff, this is kind of a leap from them as from the more experimental stuff that they had done previously. Yeah. And it's cool. And there's some Bill Nelson from Bebop Deluxe plays guitar yeah. on about four tracks, mm-hmm. which I love. And that is one of the songs I'm going to use for the mixtape. There's a song on there that I'm going to use called No One Home that Bill Nelson plays guitar on. And we were kind of talking about it when we were listening to the records before we started recording. And I love that all those bands, and you start to hear that when you hear guitars, like Ministry from With Sympathy, and when Bill Nelson's guitar comes in, or Barbarism at Home, become like by the Smiths, yeah. everybody wanted to be Nile Rodgers. Yeah. Everybody wanted to do like this. They were doing techno. They were doing their yeah. thing. But it was shit. all chic influence, yeah. which is fucking cool. Yeah. And so the record is code. The song I'm going to use is called No One Here for the Mixtape. Right. And they're, they're definitely... That's a great yeah, title. The sounds that they get, even on that song, like when you listen to that song, it's like how it's all spaced out and the production is amazing. And it should also be noted that Richard Kirk because it was kind of a duo towards the end. It was mostly a duo. Just died last year. Oh, He just sad. passed away last year. And, and no one talked about it on Facebook. Like, I didn't see anyone talking about it. And what I a bunch po- of dicks. And I posted it, and no one cared. So, fuck you. Fuck you, universe. Fuck you, universe. So, yeah. So, Cabaret Voltaire, if industrial stuff is your thing, it's more accessible, though. It's more dancey. Some of that stuff can get kind of noisy and stuff, too. This is a little more dance-accessible industrial technical stuff. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cabaret Voltaire. What do you got? Uh, C is for Charlie Tuna, and let me spell that out for you. It's C H A R L I, the number two, the letter N, the letter A, and J. So I'm going to say right now, because we'll, Dean will he'll send me the links to the YouTube thing so we can listen to them before we do the thing, and then we get together and listen to them in the basement. But I'm listening to it, and I'm looking, Charlie Tuna. It took me half of the song to realize that it's Charlie Tuna. So, yeah. That's so hilarious. hip, dude. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm a dummy. Uh, he's a Chicago rapper, by the way, of Los Angeles. Charlie Tuna. He was in the wonderful L.A.-based hip-hop group Jurassic 5. Who I actually know about heard Jurassic of. Yeah, never and he's a dope MC. He's got one of the deepest and smoothest baritones in the game. I love this Agreed. dude's voice. He's also incredibly skilled. Uh, he's got great flow, rapid fire delivery, very recognizable and original style. He's got the only voice like that in all of hip-hop. I agree. It's very distinctive for yeah. sure. Yeah. Interestingly, he also co-founded the reggae-slash-salsa-slash-funk band Ozzy Molly in the early 2000s, as well as uh, collaborated with just a slew of other artists all across the hip-hop landscape. He's a great feature to have on your record. I mean, with that voice, obviously, you're going to want some bars from our boy Charlie, right? Yeah. He gets his name from the tuna fish <laughs> that is the mascot of Star Kid. Sorry, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Well, what's with the dark glasses? I never seen a tuna in dark glasses. You don't see tunas with cigars every day either. Oh, come on. What's with the shades? Chicken of the Sea, was it? No, that or was Star Kid. Yeah. Chicken of the Sea. We got need to have our fact checker check this out. They sent for me. Could you tell us about the tunas, Dougie? <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, but only the best tasting tuna get to be Star Kid. Okay. What's the best tuna you happen to see? Chicken, nice. Which always makes me think of the Jessica Simpson episode. I am sorry that I watched the show. Is this chicken or is this tuna? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken by the sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That's classy. I'm, I'm sorry that I even brought that up. Can we, we'll cut that in editing. And we might leave it in. With all of that of course aside. we'll leave it because it makes me look stupid. Of course we'll leave it in. <laughs> hey, no. We're talking about me up. urinating him down my leg and talking about Jessica Simpson. Well, now you mention that point. again and it makes it harder to cut the first thing out. So this is all your own fault. This true, is all your own fault. True enough. I shot myself in the foot. And I will tell one. you what, Jay. I have cut out plenty of shit that made you look stupid. <laughs> you know how much I appreciate that, by the way, right? <laughs> I want to discuss uh, Charlie Tuna's solo work, specifically the 2009 full-length LP, Fish Out of Water. This is a great record. It's got awesome beats, some of which were produced by Jurassic 5 alums, DJ Newmark and Cut Chemist. It's got solid feature artists as well, including Steven and Damian Marley, uh, Talib Kweli, wow. um, Beanie Max on one, Raphael Sadiq's on a track, and his bars are very impressive, as always. Uh, these are just fun tracks. It's a noticeable party vibe throughout. Classic hip-hop at its finest. I just love this album, and I'm hoping that other people will love it too. And as always, I'll add, that's badass. That's badass. It's badass. The track that I'm going to submit to the mix that Jay's going to have to put together at the end of this episode is a great cut. It's the most Jurassic 5 jam on the project, in my humble opinion. Some nice scratches, solid turntablism, bang and beat, overall production is tight. There's even some nice samples, sound effects, and nuanced shit in the mix. The name of the song is Coming Through. Coming through. Coming through, Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna. <laughs> what do you got for CJ? So my last C is I'm going to give some shout out to some local music. Michigan, Michigan local music. We got the best in the world, bud. I cannot disagree with you about that. And the artist that I want to talk about, although it is a band, it's the Kelly Jean Caldwell mm-hmm. band. Yeah. And I want to kind of spotlight her. Her and her husband, John Szymanski, they co-own Outer Limits Bar in Hamtramck, right. one of the suburbs yeah. there of Detroit. She also runs a label, Outer Limits, which she releases her own records on. And she is awesome. Uh, her music is definitely via Detroit, but it is, again, some of that kind of cosmic country yeah. that I really, really love. It's it's a kind of a cross between cosmic country. She gets a little jangle poppy, too, which I also am a big fan of. Right. But Detroit style. Yeah. And I discovered her, I can't remember, like my dates, I'm so bad with dates anymore. I've seen the Lemonheads many, many times. I've been down to Lemonheads a lot of times. And I believe this is probably the first show where he was doing It's a Shame About Ray uh-huh. in its entirety. We saw okay. them at the Magic Stick in Detroit, and Kelly Jean Caldwell opened up for him. Mm-hmm. And I loved her from the get-go. And at one point when Dondo came out and they were doing It's a Shame About Ray, she came out on stage and did Juliana Hatfield's vocal part for my drug buddy, which I don't know, again, like I said, for me would be like a career highlight. I'm sure, I don't even know if she even remembers it, but it was awesome. And I can't remember whether I bought a CD by her at the time or not. I feel like I must have, but I friended her on Facebook so I could follow her musical career and then her stuff just never came up on my shit. Like I never saw, like I never heard anything about her. And uh, in 2020, she put out a record called Birdie, which she named after her little girl it's named cute. Birdie. And it came out in 2020. That was one of my LPs of the year. It didn't make the top 11 for the Lightning Licks, but it did make my top 20 that year. There you go. I just kind of like refell in love with her like all over again. Like what she does, what her band does is super interesting and it's super cool. And again, it's that cosmic country stuff crossed up with Jangle Pop. Lyrically, she's kind of like... It, like, she kind of vacillates between like kind of like almost like this ethereal kind of dreamy imagery cross <laughs> with a lot of her songs are also very like observational in a sense like Craig Finn from Hold Steady like she writes a lot of songs about her friends yeah. like on this record there's a song on there called Party Store 
which is literally just about one of her favorite party stores. Nice. She name checks a lot of her friends. So I like that the fact that it works on levels like where her friends can hear it. It's almost like she kind of creates these like short films or these like short stories with some of these songs. And it works on a level too. It's very like evocative to me. Like you can decipher the lyrics any way that you want right. to. But it probably obviously means more to her and her yeah. friends who are all involved with what's going on in the song. Well, inside jokes, and we talked about this too, they sometimes do work yeah. for all of the close fans. Like we gave the example of the Beastie Boys. They are full of, during their career, it's all inside jokes. Yeah. Half of their lyrics are inside jokes. But after you followed them for long enough, you feel like, you know what? I'm in on this. Yeah. And even if you never do, you can put yeah. your own lyrical spin on them, what you think the songs are about. Right. And as far as Birdie goes, a lot of it she wrote with her kids in mind. And there's a song on there called Sids. Yeah. And I was reading an interview with her in the Metro Times, and she was saying that she would have these nightmares about her kids dying in their sleep. So, so she wrote up. this song called Sids, which stands for Sudden Infant, Infant Death, Death Syndrome. Syndrome. But it's so poppy and it's so jangly and so upbeat <laughs> that you would never, when you listen to it, know what it's about. Yeah. And it's funny because the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is neither one of those songs. It's no. neither Party Store nor is it Sid's. But I like recently went back and picked up her previous album that's called uh, Down River, which is such a Detroit thing, yeah. the whole Down River thing, too. Yeah. It's a great record. I love her. She's got a super cool voice. There's a certain shambolicness to, like what they do in the studio and stuff. So the record is called Birdie. The artist is called the Kelly Jean Caldwell Band. And the song that I want to use for the mix is a song called Caroline Creature, okay. which is a running theme in there with junkie boyfriends. Again, yeah. which I don't understand. It's evocative and like you can create your own interpretation narrative. and narrative of what the song is about. But obviously it's about something specific, which is cool. Kelly Jean Caldwell is definitely something to dig into for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love her. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan too. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd love to see her live, too. Maybe sometimes we'll start playing out again. I know that she plays at the Outer Limits and stuff. So Yeah. And D. Yeah. So your last C. My last C. What do you got? The bouncy C. What do you got? Cap and Jazz, bud. Oh, Cap and Jazz. That's C-A-P apostrophe N space the word jazz. I'm taking it back to the mid-90s, Jay. This is the massively influential underground emo core, a characterization that they don't particularly care for. This is a massively, by the way. Yeah, massively. The band consisted of five dudes, all Chicago-area youth, featuring the brothers Tim and Mike Kinsilla. Tim was a vocalist, Mike the drummer. Also, uh, guitarist Davey Von Bolin. The aforementioned three gentlemen are pretty much emo legends. Uh, the other two dudes in the band were Sam and Victor. They released one full-length LP in 1995. Now, the, <laughs> the length of the title of the official album that they released is... Hilarious. Burritos, Inspiration Point, Fork Balloon Sporks, Cards in Spokes, Automatic Biographies, Kites, Kung Fu, Trophies, Banana Peels We've Slipped On, and Eggshells We've Tippy-Toed Over, for Christ's sakes, boys. That's some Fiona Apple shit Short right it there. Up. Yeah, it's like that when is the some pawn. Fiona Apple shit right there. Now, <laughs> I... I don't know. I don't know why artists do that. Like you said, Fiona Apple did When the Pond. But, I mean, like, traditionally it's known as When the Pond, dot, 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 right? And then it's a whole poem. It's artistic. Yeah. They're poking fun at it. I get it. But for Christ's sakes, come on. It's like when my rap album finally comes out. <laughs> when, you, when it drops. It's when it finally drops, 25 years. This is like the Chinese democracy of rap. <laughs> but a quarter century after it was conceived, I'm going to drop this record, and it's going to be titled The Actual... Uh, 1997 Bay Area phone book. It's just going to be the whole entire phone book. 
like from front to back. Or better sure. yet, it'll be the phone book from Rain Man that he memorized when he. In the, better yet, it will be the screenplay of Rain Man. That'll be the title of my record. That's just awesome. a one up, Captain Jazz. That's awesome. The fuck are you doing with the title that long? That's some high anyway, concept shit right there. It is. It's a long title. Yeah. But luckily, J Tree Records uh, released a comp of their complete recorded works, and that was titled. An Alphabet Apolithology, which is the record that I own. It's that first full record. It's also some demos and some live stuff, basically, right? It's a complete Captain Jack. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's not for everything everyone. Collected. But for me, it takes me back. And we've mentioned previously, I mean, even previously this episode, I talked about Cum perhaps being considered one of your favorite bands, favorite bands. Captain Jazz would be probably one of your favorite local bands from the 90s favorite bands because these guys all they really did was plant seeds to start musicians in emo music and these guys were like at the forefront of that whole scene. It's a serious point of origin for emo. Exactly and not just from the bands that they uh, branched out and started. started. Remember when you talked about a band Squirrel Bait Bait. and how the ripples of the initial impact like were bigger and bigger as it moved out like this is the same way bands like the promise ring came from this band bands like american football american football came from this band bands like joan of arc bands like owls all emo cornerstone bands so a very important record it's just something that really takes me back to those years to the mid 90s i mean this is part of probably what inspired me to put pen to paper to put words to riffs to be in bands with guys and that's how it feels when I listen to this music. It makes me want to get in someone's garage or what's his dick's basement and crack a few brews and write some fucking and rock tunes. Out. Man, yeah. I love it. Yeah, rock yeah. out like no one's watching. Yeah, or man. listening. Or listening. Or listening. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was a big one too when I used to work at New Moon in the 90s, New Moon Records up in Traverse City up north, and all the emo kids were, they're all about <laughs> all of those bands, like Kevin yeah. Jazz and all the ripple bands that came out after them. It is about the emotion, right? It is about the authenticity because it's not just about the sonics of it. No. Because this Tim, he wasn't a very good singer, right? His voice wasn't that great, but you believed every word yeah. he sputtered. Lyrics? kind of nonsensical but again it was said with purpose so you could read into them if you wanted to i mean these guys were on their game even though it's it's interesting to think about what actually makes a bad band good and this is one of those bands they may have been a bad band but they were really fucking good yeah and they went on to do really good things yeah and you're as long as you're strapping shit on you're plugging stuff in and you mean it right that's the thing Right. Yeah. Always heartfelt, always authentic and poetic and primal and poignant. But uh, for being short-lived, like I said, just one proper album, they were very they were influential. Pretty si- yeah, pre-seismic as far as what came after them. Absolutely. Yeah. So from that Cap and Jazz record, mm-hmm. Dion, yeah. what's the song that you would like me to mix into the mixtape? Like I said, getting together with your friends having fun making music this is what this album inspired so in the spirit of just having fun i want to put on the mixtape captain jazz's cover version of take on me that's a mega hit from norwegian i think Uh synth pop Uh yeah Uh, very coverable tune many bands have done it a lot of ska bands a lot of punk bands have covered this song but i think that captain jazz does it fast because it sounds like just a bunch of fucking guys having fun with it it's either stupidly brilliant or brilliantly stupid and i'm not sure which one it is but it works both ways yeah it does it's fucking fun like you said it's just a bunch of guys in a room the tape's rolling like let's just fucking do this and it's awesome we're doing uh uh-huh 
Yeah, right. so we had two covers on this mix. Too, yeah, between two the Valerie Carter songs. doing the Ooh Child and the Take on Me, the Aha. Yeah, you got another C for me, Jay? I don't. So I guess we're at the point where we get into the mix or something. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna put that mix together. We'll call it the C section. The C section. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is where we'll get that. I'll get that mix going. It'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to throwing this shit together because it's all over the place sonically. And you're gonna hear that. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Here it comes. Right now. Right now.
Which way are you going? 
I'm a hip hop on KBIC. <laughs> I love this. This is too cool. And I got to tell you, too, Charlie Tuna, you got a great voice. Thank you, man. I'm going to try to take your job later on. <laughs> you know, I think he could. So here it is. This is Charlie Tuna coming through DJ Newmark and Charlie Tuna. Yeah. Welcome to Terra Dome. I'm your host, a friendly neighborhood baritone. Vocals channel the spirits of old poets. I don't drink a glass, never will hold a wet. Similar to Paul Lawrence Dunbar from the crew you thought was just all chorus in one star. Now, I'm one sixth of a click that runs shit while commercial counterparts are in constant conflict. I'm a lot of details on my body, be scales. I'm from Ida B. Wales, middle seat, feeling good time since like 11 with the window deep, militant mind like Michael Evans. Every bossy recline and watch me get applause. Pouring reservoirs on your desert shores. You're witnessing mental and verbal fitness, friend. Tuna Bishop descended from Blake, Michigan. Hey, wait a minute. Yes. What? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Charlie Tuna. Competition, listen. You know what to do. Charlie Tuna. Bringing it straight to you. Say that I'm much more than just some backpack crap Intelligent rap act or militant black cat Um, killing venom is platinum plaque max By forever spitting relevant facts at last that Ain't how you play the game, it's how the game plays you Way true, cadence is wild style like phase two Touring without rest and bless My skull's laced with titanium plates That pass metal detection, yes Instant vintage, deep in the trenches Every sentence can leave, speakers defenseless Peeking through fences and speaking bleak of in Memphis But we're peaking your interest with heat-seeking intentions Wait a minute. What, man? <laughs> Who are you? I'm, I'm, I'm Charlie Turner. Competition, listen. You got work to do. Charlie Turner. Bringing it straight to you. From the city where they buried Al Capone and house music was born. Robert Kelly performed and heavy styles were shown. I made Hydra and settled miles from home. Coast to coast, LA from Chicago. With the Apostles spitting this gritty gospel. The ghetto diplomat, apocalyptic rap. I'm gifted, come to grips with that fact. Hey, wait a minute. You're learning while the turntable turning. People should know me more than for just a verbal hermit. hermit. Monster. Yes. What? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Charlie Turner. <laughs> Competition, listen. You got work to do. Charlie to LA. Bringing it straight to you.
Right. That was the mix, and we hope you enjoyed that mix. I, I did it with all the love in my heart. It was mixed with love. Mixed with love, indeed. It much sounded love. amazing. It much love. I like these alphabet games, bud. I do, too. Looking forward to D. I'm looking I'm forward to E. I'm a huge fan. F is going to be cool. G is going to be great. <laughs> you know, when we started it, we would always say, like, oh, it's like when uh, Suff John Stevens started, like, oh, he's going to do an album of all 50 states. There was no fucking way yeah. he was going to do that. He yeah. did, like, two or three. Yeah. Right? Now we're already on our third one. I feel like, dude, we're going to compete this month. I feel like I'll be dead before we get to, like, T. No. We'll see, though. No. I'll we'll do see. it at your, I'll podcast from your gravesite. <laughs> Just to keep you this included. This is what Jay would choose. I mean, I'll actually leave my records to you so you can go through the do T's. Please don't do that. T U V W and X and Y. Please leave them to Jordan and no, just let me buy them. No. I don't want to have them. No, no, that's no. a lot. That's too much. I, I want you to have them. <laughs> you want me to have them? It's amazing. Like, you'd be surprised like, how much time I spend in bed, laying in bed, thinking, like, what the hell's going to happen to all these records when I die? <laughs> like, what am I going to do with these? Like, I, what's going to happen with these? Like, that's the, yeah. I know my son's getting them and I know he ain't liking it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Here's your inheritance. Good yeah. luck with that. <laughs> Maybe these will be worth something when you get these. Right. Maybe they won't, but good yeah. luck. Let's end on a dark tone of Jay what? dying. That's what we just you know, here's the thing, though. I'm going to live forever because I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to be the pimple on the ass of society forever. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to be that guy that's like, what do you attribute your uh, longevity to? Whiskey and Taco Bell. <laughs> Come get it. <laughs> That's, yeah, the thing that kept me alive. So, as always, uh, thank you for listening. I know you guys had to listen to a lot of silliness. Yeah, it was dumb. And uh, it You're was dumb. dumb, and I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate your patronage. We love it. We do love it. Our next episode will be one of our bonus episodes what where are you we talk to? about what we're currently obsessing over, and we're going to drag one of our friends into the mix, too, and talk about some of the stuff that they're listening to. That'll be in a few weeks. Yep. Especially for this, uh, what are you fucking with? I'm really getting into those. I mean, it really opens things up. Yeah, those are fun. Those have been turned out to be real fun. And I talked to a couple of friends who like really look forward to those episodes too. So it's, so it's nice to get some. Like, what do they have against these episodes? Eh, probably just because of us. Oh, well, it's because of us. Yeah. So it's an us thing. Probably. Probably. I don't know. No, I. Have Doug talk- thinks he's going to be on the D episode because his name starts with D. <laughs> so it was. He, he, if 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 Doug. If Doug put out a record, it would be filed under J, so he's still wrong. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to file records in a record store. So Unless he dropped the surname. And yeah, just went he just becomes Doug. Doug Madonna. Prince. Doug. Simply I'm Doug. Simply Doug. <laughs> this is why you don't get gas, because we get all unruly in the chair over there, and they get uh-huh. all up in our business and shit. Yeah, and the dog. In the dog. Well, the dog's coming around Doug. <laughs> But who cares though, it's Doug. Yeah. This is the last time we have a guest in the studio because this just went to shit. <laughs> Thank you for listening as always. And as always, watch out for Deer. Bring in that theme song, man. Here it comes. Bring it in. Here it is. Bring it in. It's coming. Dude. Greetings. Summit contributions to episode 21 of Lightning Licks Radio are as follows. Lee Moses, Brothers Johnson, Holland Dozier Holland, James Todd Smith, Camilla Cabello, The Clash, The Cure, Martin Short, John Candy, David Rudman as Cookie Monster, Two Live Crew, Brother Marky, The Carpets, Come, The Jesus Lizard, Valerie Carter, Simon Day, MF Doom, The Choice Four, Stylistics, Van McCoy, The Ebony's, Kenny Cox, Lyman Woodward Organization, Bob James, Cabaret Voltaire, Throbbing Grizzly, 
Skinny Puppy, Jurassic 5, Oz Motley, The Rapper and the Fish, Charlie Tuna, The Kelly Jean Caldwell Band, Evan Donda, Juliana Hatfield, Captain Jazz, Joan of Arc, The Promise Ring, American Football, Aha, Jim Ritchie, Hype Keach, Marlowe, The Clockers. Thank you kindly for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with another bonus episode. Goodbye. at home, it's on the shelf in my basement, that's where it belongs, sorry y'all, now don't get me wrong, I really do appreciate your input, but I don't really need your stinking input, No, B, I'm just playing, just trying to play too, the rule is what I'm saying, why waste your time on a top 40 hit list when you can prep platters like a catering business, so fresh I'm high five on my deck, maybe collaborate and kill it, that's teamwork baby, you are an obese I treat, with the guts so deep to make your ear holes bleed, dusty groups and forgotten gems, Sources from way back when You're like, hmm, that sounds familiar Well, it's Osley Bros Now Biggie Cupid in the bud is still ill And it still kills It's a bona fide hope for that For a last to deal Lightning Lexus in the mix Big Ross fading with his dusty fingertips We go from digging in the bins At electric hitch We unearthing the hits For the I don't really have any pathetic. notes. I don't really have any notes because I didn't get it together. But I look, we'll do it. It'll be loose. It'll be fine. It's gonna be a shit show. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like it should. This episode should be loose anyway. It should be. Yeah. Like, like this should be like. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect then, hey. What? I'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick. Put it on pause, yo. <laughs> Charlie two and I just love it because two and a kind of sounds like. Two and a, man, my voice is fucked. That damaged my voice, karaoke in Madison. We brought it though, brother. I fucking oh, dude. What did you do? I did NXS.